0: Good morning. Welcome to the show. It's Tuesday, February the 28th. My God, February went fast. The weather didn't get much better, though. I'm not in TW11 today. I'm in the, in the Cotswolds at Grange Hill Farm, the base of Nigel Twiston Davis. I've been doing some filming here today for, for William Hill, ahead of Cheltenham and, and Aintree, the, the big spring festivals. And you'll be hearing from Nigel's son, Sam, in a, in a few moments' time. He, he's great value, gives great content, and talks quite a bit about trying to lower the colours of Constitution Hill with the stable's current star... I like to move it, but there was Cheltenham chatter plenty yesterday because the press were allowed into Gordon Elliott's base in and Tra in Ireland, and Paul Nicholls' traditional um, uh, day before Cheltenham took place uh, ditch it down in, in Somerset. There were plenty of talking points to come out of both, and the key talking point out of the out of the Elliott Open Day seemed to be. Who'd be riding these horses? Jack Kennedy in a race for for fitness for the festival. Davy Russell retired, came back when Jack was injured. Then he himself took a fall at the Dublin Racing Festival. Oh, was he injured? Is he taking his time? Is he going to be back for Cheltenham? Is neither of them? There was all sorts of uncertainty. Could Jordan Gainford step in for all the rides? I thought, come on, let's just get the the news from Davy Russell himself. And I began by asking whether he was uh, he was in one piece and uh, and whether he was uh, he, he was fit and healthy to go.
1: I am, well, one piece is a bit much, but I am, I'm, all, all the parts are moving and all.
0: Okay, are they moving well enough for you to think you're going to be riding at jail
1: now? Oh God, they are, yeah. It's just, look, I got a bit of a knock in Town, and I rode on after it and then I decided I either come back to be a, in the past, I would have uh, I would have just kept tipping away and had a niggly old pain. Instead, I just wanted to get rid of the pain and uh, be 100. percent So I'll be riding. I'll hopefully, I'll be riding in the next couple of days. But yes, I, I'll be fit and ready for Cheltenham if needed.
0: If needed. Well, it sounds like it sounds like you are wanted um, as well as needed.
1: Oh, no, I'm, I understand that. Yeah, no, no, I'm 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 very much aware that why um, what the task is ahead and you know we we we've we've gone through it myself and gordon have gone through it and, and the owners thing so we all know what's 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 ahead of us
0: i mean if he ended up in the situation where you and jack were both available would that actually change your mindset at all or are you just thinking right i'm going to bash on get fit whatever comes my way comes my way
1: ah uh, well uh, look i suppose it, it all depends on 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 what Gordon is the boss, you know. So you know he's going to have to pull the strings in in this one. And uh, you know, we're all grown people. We'll sit down and talk about it and see what we come up with.
0: Okay. Well, um, look forward to getting you back. You think you so? You think you'll be on on something this weekend?
1: Yeah, I could. I could be. Yeah, I could be. Yeah,
0: yeah. All righty. Well, um, fingers crossed that the, uh, the 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 road to Cheltenham goes uh, goes smoothly from now on in. Thanks for your time, Davy.
1: Thanks, Nick. Thank you.
0: All right. That was Sean Sweet, Davey Russell. Um, it sounds as though he's pretty confident that he'll be back for, for the Cheltenham festival. As I welcome in the daily mirrors newsboy, David Yates. Uh, to what extent, David, uh, will we be, will we be pleased to add Russell to, to the list of jockeys for, for Cheltenham?
2: If, if indeed his, his sentiments that he'll be fit are born out. Well, Gordon Elliott will be very pleased to welcome him. I would say whether Jack Kennedy is fit or not, but we'll come out in, onto that in a moment. Um, he was retired for 3 weeks of course uh, in the middle of this winter when uh, before jack kennedy broke his leg at uh nace in january that was a horrid fall from the tired turns as jump jockeys always do I, I took a bit of a knock i mean it was he was absolutely buried in the leopardstown turf in the two mile handicap won by gaelic warrior and he's had just two rides since um american mike at navan on the 12th of february and then deeply superficial he came over to Sandown to ride four days later um that clarifies the position. It's it certainly Gordon Elliott didn't uh, do much to clarify the waters yesterday because he said he hadn't spoken to Davy for the past two weeks. Um, but at least his words there uh, will reassure Davy Russell's fans that he's fit and he may well ride again this weekend uh, before coming back for the Cheltenham Festival. If Jack Kennedy were to be fit... Would Davey Russell just say, right, well, I came back for a few weeks, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to worry too much about Cheltenham. This was a jockey who, when he did retire, said the days when you felt like a rock star were the days uh, that he treasured most, walking into the racecourses on the big days. Um, and so... For for a jockey who's won so many of Cheltenham Fe- the Cheltenham Festival's uh, most cherished prizes, would it really be conceivable that he'd just say, "Right, I'll put I'll put my kit back in the bag and and put it in the cupboard under the stairs"? No. I won't worry about Cheltenham this year no. because, of course, although the likes of Jordan Gainford and Sam Ewing are, are Cheltenham Festival-winning jockeys of the future, no doubt, it's pretty hard to think that. Jordan Elliott's owners, uh, would turn to less experienced jockeys when they've got uh, Davey Russell, 43 maybe, but look at the, the host of experience and the skills he's got to draw upon. Uh, would would they let him sit idle? I would say not. Absolutely not. So those were the key points
0: from the the Elliott Open Day. It was all, all about jockeys, really. And, and and also Elliott's own concerns. I really don't want to turn this into a whip podcast, but Elliott's own concerns about about his riders and, and he said he was having sleepless nights in case they they, they got big bans at cheltenham etc. I the only thing that struck me Dave was that there'll be there'll be plenty of trainers who won't be having any sleepless nights. I mean I doubt Nicky Henderson's having any sleepless nights, you know, I mean, he could perfectly rely on on somebody like Nico de Boyneville to stay within the rules, couldn't he?
2: Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, the thing is that, um, as as you know, as well as I do, these these press days, uh, you know, the media rock up. They uh, have a series of questions that they ask, and, and the in 99.99% of cases uh, the trainers or jockeys are not briefed as to what those trainers are going to be and uh, Gordon Elliot just gave a an honest off-the-cuff answer I- I'm not going to make this a whip podcast either either he did say that uh, if a 10-year-old child would come up with uh, the timings that the BHA uh, came up with uh, someone would Tell the child that that's the that, that uh, they need to go away and work on that um but he, he did we should just revisit the question of jockeys he said that jack kennedy was still 50 50 uh to make the Cheltenham festival he's seeing his specialist on friday uh he's been to, to dubai i think since the last time uh he saw his specialist just to reiterate he broke his leg uh at nace in january um Gordon Elliott said he wants Jack Kennedy to be riding out before going to Cheltenham. It won't just be a question of you know flashbang here I am to ride Doctor Bravo in uh, the Supreme Novices. He'll he'll want a a race fit jack kennedy it's always difficult i think nick the 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 phrase uh or or the 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 appraisal 50 50 of someone's chances because we've had decades of clerks of the course telling us that a race (laughs) meeting is 50 50 to go ahead and of course in in actuality it turns out to be about 595 um i hope that this 50 50 is more of an even money chance for jack kennedy's sake
0: there aren't many even-money chances for British trainers at the Cheltenham Festival, though Paul Nichols, at least this year, does have horses who are in single figures, most notably A.M.S. Allen in the Ballymore Novices Hurdle, and in some places, at any rate, Brave Man's game for the Gold Cup, uh, whose chance he described, not for the first time yesterday at his Open Day, as lovely. However, Dave Yates, I'll ask you, did the figure that Nichols cut yesterday, um, realistic, I-, I would describe it, quite match the buccaneering the good times are rolling again, here we go, figure that that he was cutting slightly
2: earlier in the season? Perhaps not, but that's just because we're now, what, a a couple of weeks away from the start of the Cheltenham Festival and particularly those more buccaneering uh, racing personalities will quite naturally rein things in uh, the closer we get to the meeting. But there's still, I think, an underlying confidence and expectation there. Um, Remember that... Paul Nicholls from 2003 to 2020 had winners at the Cheltenham Festival every year. There's been uh, a blank since Politolog's win in the Queen Mother Champion Chase three years ago. Uh, we we. We 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 heard phrases that um, we're not used to hearing from Paul Nichols that Cheltenham isn't the be all and end all, and he'd be looking to Aintree and stuff like that. Well, those words have been uh, pretty much consigned to history now. And Brave Man's game, I thought, was a good quote. I think he's the best staying chaser in Britain. There, elbow in the ribs of his. Protege and and former assistant Dan Skelton, trainer of Protectorat. By the way, the market agrees with Paul Nichols because Brave Man's Game is an eight to one shot, and Protectorat can be backed at uh, double those odds. But I think there's an underlying confidence there. And um, he said this before about Brave Man's Game that how he looks a different, stronger horse to the model of 12 months ago, and more uh, that he can go up the hill at Ditch it three times now without turning a hair, uh, whereas in the past he used to get uh, the wall when he did that and, and needed a, a quiet couple of days, um, he won the the King George Chase, uh, King George Six Chase, Chase at, at Kempton on Boxing Day. Um, he goes there straight to Cheltenham without going to the Denman Chase. At Newbreed, that's a, a template that Nichols used in two thousand and nine uh, with Corto Star, and I, I think confidence is high. But it's not all about Brave Man's Game, is it? There's Hermes Allen who uh, that that win in the Cello Hurdle at, at Newbury keeps getting better and better uh, with all uh, the runs from the beaten horses uh, since Newbreed. Tamuras won the Tollworth. He goes for the the, the Noel Feely Racing Syndicate, and there are a host of horses in handicaps. So um, they might have been blank for the past two years but i think there there genuinely would be long faces at Ditchit if there were to be uh, a naught from what is it 28 this time around well as i said I, at the beginning of the
0: show I'm, I'm here at uh grange hill farm today uh, in gloucestershire which is the base of nigel twist and davis's son sam rides so many of the horses and um what you've got to love about this outfit is they are prepared always to to have a crack, to have nice horses, run them in the best places and just hope to bring them on against good competition. And um, I'd sense talking to your dad earlier, uh, Sam, that, that he's kind of quite hopeful that a few could put their head above the parapet at Cheltenham this year.
3: Yes, very much so. Um, they seem in good places, a lot of them. Uh, they've had good seasons. Obviously, there's reasons. Think, obviously, they've been relatively lightly raced to some of the weather we've had. So... We're hopeful we can see see better better again from a lot of them,
0: and and I suppose the other thing is that there's, and, and our, he's he's very modest and he never really kind of he will never reflect great praise on himself, but a lot of trainers talk a lot of um, psycho babble in the in the run up to big festivals, and you sense with him that he just does it the way that he knows and has always done it and doesn't overcomplicate
3: things. Yeah, I think that's very much it. He did also tell us he'd given up shouting for Lent in the first minute of. <laughs> William Hill popping up. He started screaming at one of the members of the staff. So um, he has obviously he wears his heart on his sleeve. He loves what he's doing he loves training horses um at the same time he's as you saw he's very passionate about it he was midway through talking about we've all been caught as someone was pulling out on a horse and he's lost his head but
0: he also um, he also reintroduced (laughs) the word twazak to the english (laughs) language for which we can thank him
3: yeah it's one i've not heard for a while i'm not sure i'll get it in a debrief anytime soon but yeah it was quite pleasing to hear anyway uh
0: the debrief after the kingwell hurdle with we've all all been caught was just a sort of delighted one a slightly surprised one Uh, Right, you can kick on now to the champion hurdle and and go there completely, sort of unfettered, really, and give it a give it a proper bash.
3: Yeah, no, the dream's very much alive. Um, imagine coming out. Uh, uh, along in the year when constitution hill is going to be there but at the same time is it, the principles of what makes i like to move it is very good is that he has a nice way of going he's got a bit of pace he jumps well so very much hope that obviously he can just run a big race obviously take constitution and state man out then there's a lot of prize money to play for it's a race that deserves supporting and very very lucky to have a horse that can do that
0: yeah and you, you've got pedigree from this place in the race you know nige was talking about Kyver kim he He was a very good horse wasn 't
3: he? yeah Kyber Kim was very good, as was the new one and we 've had the right horses for it, but not always had the best of luck with it so hopefully in in everything turning up well, we can get a little bit of luck, but at the same time it 's going to need maybe a li- more than a little bit to go and win it
0: i don 't want to i mean i don 't want to damn the new one with fame and praise. You won two dozen races on him and a million quid i mean he' he's a horse of a lifetime in many respects, but I just wonder whether I like to move it is a little bit more naturally pacey.
3: Yeah, that's exactly it. Whereas the new one, you're always relying on them to go flat out and kind of almost stop in front. Whereas I like to move it is very much more so where you can actually be a little bit more relaxed. You're not actually trying to force anything. You can keep it smoother and actually turn in and have a go from there. Whereas the new one, you're always trying to put yourself in a competitive position down the hill. Whereas I like to move it, you can be almost slotting for a little bit longer and wait till you get straight around the bend.
0: Um, there'll be plenty more horses from this yard going to going to Cheltenham lots of nice young horses for next year like Dalco Bihu and Master Chewy um we've all been caught the one that that was capturing the imagination before the Dublin Racing Festival uh, yeah that that's kind of been used as a as an emblem of, of British failure really <laughs> against Ireland is that but is that too is that too reductive a way of looking at it is there more to it than that
3: yeah I think so it was a we have sat in the airport afterwards and we are both looking at each other in Burger King with, with a pint and thinking, what on earth has gone wrong here? But You're painting
0: such a sorry scene. Yeah,
3: no, it was actually quite entertaining. Um, but we've literally sat there and thought, well, the, the biggest positive is it was too bad to be true. From what we see at home, the way his form has worked out, and whatever he does the rest of this season, he's going to be a pleasure to have jumping fences next season.
0: Well, you've got an awful lot to look forward to. From your personal point of view, the last two weekends have been great. I like to move it. And then our power uh, last weekend at, at Kempton. Did you get quite a kick out of that?
3: Yeah, i a very lucky position. I'm supported by, obviously, Sammy. Uh, Di, James and Jean, they're great people to to ride for. They're obviously fantastic for for the industry. They've got a lot of horses and put a lot of money into it. So when you do ride them, a winner like that, it is a great buzz. And more so then because you start to think like maybe if he squeaks into the national, he could be a hell of a one to ride.
0: And, yeah, Grand National ride potentially for, for you there. He's quite a long way down, but I guess quite a lot could come out.
3: Exactly. Uh, exactly. It's actually kind of weird we were speaking about it, um, just before this. Is that, You know, with Gordon, he's got a lot of entries in there. May some go to the Irish National, may some go elsewhere. So it is a case where hopefully he could just sneak in.
0: All right, Sam, best of luck. I know you're off to Catrick today.
3: Any chances? Catch us today, one for Henry Daly. I hope so. Obviously, visors horses are running applied. well, aren't they? They are. Yeah, um, visors applied. Um, only five runners, three mile one round there. He's running on better ground, so hopefully a lot of positives. So th-
0: this week, it's it's a horrible week for two weeks four January. Catterick followed by Taunton. Musselburgh. Musselburgh, sorry. Taunton. Catrick, Musselburgh, Taunton.
3: Maybe then up to Doncaster for two days, which you don't mind, then Foss last Sunday, so wow. it's an interesting one. Imagine your car breaking down a couple of weeks before this.
0: Amazing if that happened.
3: <laughs> I'm in the truck.
0: <laughs> You're driving what can only be just, I mean, you don't see many, many things like that in, in this country.
3: No, it was, um, well, it's... um
0: it, sort of Wyoming style. Yeah,
3: it, go, it, it goes well, so. It's got cruise control, thankfully. How many miles has it done? Uh, just over 200,000. still does 41 to the gallon. Um, but, yeah, the, and it's only got a 50-litre fuel tank, which is an ideal.
0: The, the <laughs> glamorous life of a jump jockey brought to you by Sam Twiston-Davis. Cheers, Sam.
3: <laughs> Cheers. Thanks very much. And, all right.
0: That was Sam Twiston-Davis. I mentioned before the interview, Nigel Twiston-Davis had won the Gold Cup in, in 2010. That was at the end of a decade that had been dominated in the early part by best mates. His victories in the Gold Cup ranging from 2002 to 2004 he ran in the silks of Jim Lewis, who also raced another wonderful chaser of the same era, Edredon Blur, winner of the champion chase, also a surprise winner of the King George later on. But it was best mate with whom he was most closely associated. And sadly, Jim died yesterday. Uh, David Yates, fond memories of Jim Lewis, who wasn't such a, a familiar figure to, to newer race fans, but certainly was a, a real presence on the racecourse during his heyday.
2: He certainly was. Um, he had six... Cheltenham Festival winners uh, Jim Lewis in those Aston Villa colours they were based on the the 1957 uh, Villa side that beat the Busby Babes of course of Manchester United in 1957 in the the FA Cup final at Wembley for the football fans will know that United had won the championship that year and and would have become the first team in the 20th century to do the double um He always wore his scarf, uh, his Villa scarf, to the races, as did his friends. Uh, He he saw six wins at the Cheltenham Festival. They started with uh, Nakir when he won the Arkle for Simon Christian in 1994. Edredon Bleu, a, a hugely popular well I was going to say two miler but he stretched it out uh, beyond two miles as his career went on he won the 98 Grand Annual and then uh, the the 2000 Queen Mother Champion Chase he beat direct route a short head under a never say die AP McCoy ride that day I wonder what Julie Harrington would have made of that finish Um, subsequently of course Best Mate became the first horse since Arkell to win three Cheltenham Gold Cups he completed the trilogy in 2004 Um, he was always a very warm and approachable man to uh, speak to in person or to call on the phone, Jim Lewis. Uh, he made his money, I think, importing uh, materials for furniture. Uh, I remember after Best Mate had won that Gold Cup in two thousand and four, Jim, who was famously superstitious, uh, carried these Lucky Jim's beads, uh, which I used to refer to in the Daily Mirror. And um, approached him in the the winners' enclosure, and it uh, it turned out that in fact. Jim's uh, late wife, Valerie, had the beads on her. We couldn't find Valerie. So I had to pay uh, a race-goer £5 uh, to borrow some... That it was like a, a bet lynch style earring for those older viewers of coronation street loads of beads and and stuff um there wasn't a heading on, on my expenses form to claim that fiver back i'm sorry to say um but all this took a couple of minutes we got the beads and then jim held the the, the gold sort of hook the, the the earring hook in his hand and shook the, his lucky beads at the mirror photographer um I'm 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 recounting this story just because it was a couple of minutes. It was just after the Gold Cup. Jim Lewis could easily said, "Dave, enough of the beads already. I'm not interested in shaking any my beads at, at your mirror photographer." But he was um, patience and warm heartedness itself uh, as he waited for me to come back with these beads, and we did get our picture. So um, very fond and warm memories of of Jim Lewis, and um, after. Uh, best mates win in the 2004 Cheltenham Gold Cup he didn't have another meeting uh, a winner at the meeting and his racing interests he had breeds breeze who was a, a maybe a Tolworth winner for Paul Nichols um but after that he, his interests uh waned but he was a great guy to deal with he's uh passed at 88 and uh we'd I'm sure in the racing community extend our um our thoughts to his loved ones. He was a he was a, a very warm gentleman to deal with. Jim Lewis, who died yesterday.
0: All right, as you were hearing on this podcast yesterday from Aussie Jim McGrath, Golden Sixty extended his winning record at Chartin on Sunday to twenty-four from twenty-eight lifetime starts. He's been ridden in every single one of those twenty-eight starts by Vincent Ho, who's with me now. Vincent, seven years old. Is it just possible this horse is getting even better?
4: Hi, Nick. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, I think um, you know, his physically is good. Uh, of course, probably took more time to recover than than he was younger. But uh, mentally, he is, um, I think, more mature and uh he never fight with me this season uh and he is he's, he's just so professional that uh that uh you know when i want him to relax he relax now and when i want him to go uh you know for when i ask for the effort probably not fully 100 percent, he will give me what I want and when I ask for the 100% he'll give me probably over 100% so um, yeah I think 7 years old is, is an advantage of, of the uh, maturity of his mind uh, yeah
0: and he's beating horses now Romantic Warrior is a very very high class horse he's beaten him now over a mile and at 10 furlongs which is why everyone thought you would be beaten on Sunday, people thought, "Right, Romantic Warrior is going to do you. He's going to reverse the form over ten furlongs, over two thousand meters." Was that was that a worry to you going into the race? How concerned were you about the distance going in?
4: No, I'm never concerned. Um, you know, if if I get beaten, I get beaten. You know, I just get beaten by a better horse uh, for the two thousand meter. Um, and to be honest, I expect uh, Romantic Warrior would have beat us uh but obviously he is um not at his best yesterday when i hit the straight i knew i have a great chance to beat him uh you know i think i think he a romantic rory actually peaked when in december the international race and then they come back to a mile uh to race against Uh, Golden 60 and and, uh, California Spangle and one month later and stepping back up to this Gold Cup is uh, you know it's not easy for sure once the horse is peaked and they you drop the distance and then you you go for 2,000 again and uh, he also had missed couple of morning work uh, the week you know that that week of, uh, of the Gold Cup so Probably got some issue uh, within Romantic Warrior. The team would know. We wouldn't. Um, yeah, I just, I just think uh, for sure Romantic Warrior wasn't at his best, and uh, we Golden Sixty tries, tries hard out and and uh, you know sort of steal it away from them.
0: Tell me how tell me how uh, uh, this horse Vincent has has changed your changed your life and your your mindset as a as a rider
4: yeah I think uh it I think Golden 60 came along at the perfect time that I start you know I start way more confidence than before when I came to UK uh to ride for Mr Johnston uh her, trust his rider, uh, let his rider do his own thing in the race and and uh, I'm lucky enough to have you know some success with it uh, by by riding for Mr. Johnston and trusting my own feelings. Because the thing about Hong Kong is um, since we started at Apprentice, we always um have to listen to instructions and ride for instructions that's uh you know sometimes mess up your race and uh you lose confidence with it but uh, by riding in uk and trusting myself trusting my feelings and it definitely helped with my confidence with uh, some winners uh so i come back better rider when when um handling first of all um, when he was forced from handling all the pressure. Uh, you know, as a sportman, sportsman, you know, I, I get more, more mature and, uh, and day in, day out, also trusting Golden 60, we have a great connection, that also helps. And, uh, you know, even, even like now, when I think about yesterday, I really admire uh, Golden Sixty because his spirit is uh, his never give up and he always give you over his limit to try his heart out to win for you and uh, it for me I always said he is like uh, Rafa Nadal in, in tennis to compare his mindset as a horse uh, and this is... Something that I always learn from and you know as a sportsman sportsman as well. You, you have to have that mindset, you know, and uh, That's what I learned from Golden 60 and, and even today. I'm so You know, I'm really happy for for his success and I am extremely honored and I feel very privileged to be on him
0: to be a partner with him and uh, to have that connection. So, yeah. Uh, that was uh, Vincent Ho paying warm tribute to a horse that has has done so much for his career. David Yates is still with me, and uh, David, we we heard from Michael Duggar, the chief executive of the Betting and Gaming Council, on on yesterday's podcast, and you know, we are familiar with the position that that he has taken on behalf of half of the industry. That though he had some interesting additions to 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 make particularly on the statutory levy yesterday if you haven't listened to that it's well worth going back and listening to uh, another mp a, a, a friend of the racing and gambling industries down the years lawrence robertson has has come out again and and, and pushed for the publication of this white paper
2: Yeah, indeed. Uh, Lawrence Robertson, of course, the Tory MP for Tewkesbury, which includes Cheltenham Race, of course, on the front page of the Racing Post today with Bill Barber, who's having a busy time of it on top of his brief uh, with the white paper. He quotes uh, Lawrence Robertson. He says, I've said to the government, either bring it out or drop it. Well, I don't think there's much chance of the latter uh, happening. For goodness sake, let's see it. Everybody, uh, because everybody is shadowboxing at the moment because we don't know what's there. It's causing a lot of mayhem. Well, I think we can agree with those uh, sentiments. And this one, the Gambling Commission is trying to take the lead on things which perhaps they need guidance on. Um, the the idea of um, the sledgehammer to crack a very important nut uh, that being the the 0.3% of gamblers who are problem gamblers uh, is, is also also gets an airing. We, we need a, a more specific approach to deal with people who have or might have problems rather than everybody who has a bet, says Lawrence Robertson, in the same way that we don't treat everyone who has a drink for alcoholism because they are not alcoholics. Um, he makes the point that racing is not a rich sport, that yes, it is at the very top, uh, but the many millions that would be lost to race will affect those who train, ride and own at the bottom of it. And also, of course, he mentions the uh, the threat of, of punters going to the black market. He says unregulated, unsupervised uh, betting doesn't bring any money to racing. Well, of course, not only does it not do that, but it also essentially throws problem gamblers uh, to the wolves. So uh, another day, another... Um, contribution from the uh, the gambling lobby. It's a bit like Groundhog Day.
0: All right. Well, it is Tuesday today, so it's the day where we go around the bloodstock Well, with our friends at Weatherby's, their global stallion app, which I would thoroughly recommend, and the comprehensive stallion guide. And today we are heading to the south of England to Norman Court Stud and a relatively new proprietor, Simon Taplin. You'll be familiar with the horses that Simon stands, however, Rumble in the Jungle and 60s icon by derby winner out of an oaks winner and an influence for all sorts down the years simon thanks so much for talking to me just tell me a little bit about your your involvement with with norman court how far it goes back and and what the what the future is likely to hold
5: oh good oh thank you um we acquired it in ninety um 2019 um off of patrick trant who's a very close friend to my dad peter and he acquired it from Mick Shannon in, in 2003 or something like that. So the three of them are very, very good friends. So in the community, and we bought it in 2019 to take over and just to carry on with the stud because we're always interested. Dad's had horses for 35 years um, with Mick and Michael Madrick. And it's basically that we took over. But um, since our uh, Mick retired last year, um, this year we thought we'd better get out of the shadow and tell everyone that we're open for business. It's under Duke management, and from that, really, you know, that's how it really started. Really,
0: I, I'm intrigued by the friendship between your dad, Peter, and Mick Shannon. Because your your dad's colours, the yellow with the, the black sash and cap, they've been. They've been a, a very familiar sight on racecourses for, well, for as long as I can remember. So where where does it all go back to?
5: It, it goes back right the way to, I think the first horse was Canadian Capers. Him and Mick um, had Canadian Capers and then stride home. And before that, the first horse Dad had was a horse called Lucky Gold. And Lucky Gold was the first horse. I think he bought her in 86 or 87 and she was a jumper and she was actually with Lindsay bauer a local trainer around here so that was when dad first got into race horses and then he progressed to mick and the world's your lobster really because then <laughs> they had um, imperial dancer and hallie Canassis and and it's just turned into that like you know so it's it's yeah it's been it's been fun it's been fun
0: now as i often say God, I, and
5: with Mick and with Mick, it's always fun. <laughs>
0: and and I often say to people who are really getting deep stuck into the breeding business, having been owners initially, why? Why would you do that? Why would you take the next step? Why would you start standing stallions? It's a it's a hard and demanding game.
5: It is really hard. I've got to be honest with you. It's really, really hard. Um I don't know. I think we're um we like punishment i think (laughs) but um we just love it because we're cattle farmers um we're farming stock so we know all about breeding and all this and i used to um my grandfather had um, horses welsh cobs and um i was actually named after a a horse simon the um stallion actually believe it or not so i've always had horses i used to show in hand so horses have been in the family a long time, so we just evolved into thoroughbreds, really.
0: The one thing always 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 struck me about Mick Shannon and his involvement with, with your stud was how how passionate and four square he was behind sort of driving it and particularly the reputation of sixties icon who has completely defied convention. As I said, by a Derby winner out of an Oaks winner, but I remember that first season and he was chunking out a load of six furlong two year olds.
5: It's unbelievable. He goes from 6 furlongs, 5 furlongs to 1 mile to to jumpers. It's just I've never known a horse do it he, and he makes lots of mares, but what Mick done to get all those winners with average average mares, it's just unbelievable and that's where we want to improve. We want to get some black type mares. We want to get some group mares to him. He's 19 years old now, the bo- old boy. And we just like to get something really nice to actually give him a proper chance, you know, just a chance of producing something special.
0: He's had some some really good horses. I I'm sixty Song yeah. Nagano Gold Nikita, all rated well into the the one teens and up into the up into the one yeah. twenties, and some and some very very good good jumpers as well. What sort of mares are you mainly getting to him now?
5: We're getting um, after the. We're getting better mares too, we're getting 80 to 90 rated mares, but um, we, we want to breed our own, we've got the yearlings in training at the moment, um, we bought from the sales, just to see if we can get the black type, just to get better, we need to get better, you know, just a better mare and a better quality of animal for that, and it takes time, it does take time. And you, it does take time you, to find
0: them. You'd love to give him that that real legacy before he before his career oh, yeah. finishes.
5: Yeah, that's the that's the dream is just to give him. You know, I know I joked in the advert like alcohol free or just something something like that. It'd be just yeah, and maybe there might be a shot in a million that they do produce something nice. But it'd be just nice to have the raffle ticket to actually. See if the old boy can actually do it on something very, very classy.
0: Well, no reason he shouldn't with that pedigree. At the other end of the stamina spectrum, pedigree-wise, you've got the son of Bungle in the Jungle called Rumble in the Jungle. Who you...
5: superstar. Is yeah, he? A... Superstar.
0: Go on, tell me why.
5: Um, Rumble was bought. Um, we bought him a couple of years ago, I think. We just wanted to stand another stallion, and we wanted speed. And um, Rumble is fast. He is a horse. Um, he's all horse. He is a very, very big specimen of a sprinter. So he really wanted to bring some of the sprinter into the 60s mares that we already have. So that was the idea of getting Rumble. Um, and hopefully he'd do as good as his father, Bungle, and um, go from that. But it was just to do the difference from... 60s to rumble is like chalk and cheese if you put them two together it's like
0: chalk and cheese it's unbelievable but he is pure speed through his pedigree and how's he been to handle and look after
5: he is a dream believe it or not 60s is a dream and rumble is so laid back and quiet but when he does see a mare he gets very excited let's say (laughs) so dream but um keith and janet who look after them, and believe it or not keith and janet are the stud. it's not me it's not my father it's the team down there this, this is another reason why we've done the advert because when we took over we saw what keith and janet and the team do and it's like 15 14 13 hours a day they live for it and no one knew this no one knew this about norman court and it was just it's so beautiful down there and it's big and it's gorgeous and it's just the way they treat their mares and they treat them like they're their own and they phone the owners and i wanted that to get out because they are amazing team to look after them and if ever mares come to us for boarding and all that i promise you it they get looked after so well; it's just unbelievable. So we really wanted to put that out on the hard work of Keith and Janet.
0: So, and Simon, looking on a gra- looking on a grand scale, looking you know five, 10, 15 years down the track, what aspirations do you have for, for Norman Court? What how, could you look back and say, right, that's been a success. I've achieved this.
5: Yeah, you know, I'd like to. I'm not being silly. I don't want to. Uh, I'd like to get some nice listed black type mares colts and i want to you know just to improve the stock not just to have 20 or 30 mares i want to have what i own i would like to have 10 very good mares and then do it that way and luckily like mick he actually bred samatar there so the stud has had a classic winner
0: yeah, absolutely, in the, the Irish Guineas several years ago. Well, I, wish, I wish you all the best with it, Simon. Thanks so much for talking to me today and um, uh, I hope it's uh, warmer for you a bit, a bit later in the week.
5: Thank you very much, Nick. Thank you.
0: Well, thanks to Simon, to all my guests today. David Yates is still with me and David, before we leave you from here at Grange Hill Farm, do you have a tip for
2: us? I do indeed, Nick. We are going to the opening race at Southall, the classified stakes. I bring you all the classy stuff. It's number one, another angel. This horses trained by Anthony Britton scored over course and distance two starts ago and then was badly drawn uh when fourth back at Southall five days ago five o'clock race at Southwell. selection is number one another angel all right Dave thanks
0: so much thanks to all my guests thank you for listening thanks particularly to Nigel Twiston Davis and his son Sam for their hospitality this morning but from everybody here it's bye for now